Hello, everyone. Welcome to, uh, I guess, the inaugural episode of the Helium Turtle Studios podcast. I have with me Mr. Michael Yadvish. Hello. Hey, Mike. I look How's it going? Ah. Oh, that's you. Just hit your hand. I did. Are you okay? Yes. All right. Cool. Great start. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we're um, making a new podcast. Me and Mike talking about anything and everything to do with film, video. Um, we're both video producers um, working full-time jobs right now, but we also like to make all kinds of short films and fun stuff on the side. I'd say we've been working together for too long. <laughs> but actually, it's only been like... Four years? Yeah, 2016. Yeah. Well, 2016. anyway, regardless, um, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> well, I know what to say. All right, cool. So, Chris... That's great. Because, yeah, because I think, I think what I wanted to talk about... Mm today is we both have experience with making movies and making short films but we, one thing we do have in common that overlaps i think is directing mm. i think we both have a lot of experience with directing well a lot yeah i, I actually wouldn't say a lot, Not a lot. <laughs> but uh i mean what would you say it is probably 12 or 10 narrative shorts by now you know over the past five years between us i, I think between us you, you've done even some on your uh by yourself yeah and um you know it's it's been mostly with small crews ranging from eight to ten people um but I think we've both kind of stumbled upon the mystery of the directorial role of like especially when you have a small team when sometimes that role doesn't even get really fulfilled like right. to the most of its ability because when you have right. when you have a hundred people around like you can have somebody just like doing one specific little thing right you know holding this yeah like handing out uh snacks right. <laughs> but we don't have that luxury yeah. <laughs> so yeah we thought it'd be a, f a fun interesting topic to talk about especially for the first episode because the directorial role you know mostly has to deal with what you're doing with the actors you know or, or at least that's a big big Sometimes. part of it yeah that's a big it's part, a big part, of, part it, of it you know especially for our level and mike actually is kind of uh, coming from both worlds whereas i'm kind of more director photography strictly like behind the camera you don't want to see me in front of the camera because it's horrible <laughs> um so that's why it's fun to talk about because you're a really good actor and i'm not <laughs> yeah we've had uh, a great relationship like directing and acting together um yeah. i always know exactly what you mean yeah every time that's actually <laughs> was gonna be one of my questions was i mean if, if you just want to dive right into it I don't know if you have anything to, to say that preludes that. Yeah, no, I think I do. Because I have... Oh, wow, so, perfect. Because, well, you kind of answered <laughs> it about, like, I want to know... I personally want to know, like, more of, like, your directing style. Like, do you focus more on the technical or do you focus more on the performance? Because there's a lot of directors that are very good working with actors and there's a lot of directors who are scared to work with actors, but they have... They're more from like the DP cinematic side of things where they're more cinematographers than they are directors and they right. kind of step foot in both worlds. And uh, there's guys who have very specific shots in their head. They mm -hmm. storyboard to hell and, and um, work very closely with the DP. Whereas then those guys, maybe sometimes they don't know the actors as well and they kind of rely on casting and good casting mm -hmm. um, to get by Cast with natural ability. And yeah, yeah. Whatnot. Yeah. Um, Whereas we're really pulling just from our, our resources from college and right. you know, people that we know if, if we're not doing like some kind of funded short film, you know. Yeah. So like when so like when you're on set, where's your brain at? Are you more, what are you more worried about? Are you more worried about getting the shot that's in your head? Because a lot of times when you're directing, you're also behind the camera. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of doing two yeah, different jobs. I mean, for, for me, only only recently, I mean, I've pretty much shot almost everything 95% of the projects we've done, I've been behind camera. Right. And it's, I was just going through this because the last project we did, the music video, was really the first time I was able to, like, really see what was going on. I, I was telling Andy this, our, our camera op who, who was working for the music video, I said, when I'm directing and director of photography at the same time, when we do a take, I'm really only 50% sure if the performance was good. Yeah. And we have to run playback. Right. Like, your day is twice as long because every take you have to go say, is that good? Because I'm so worried about headroom. I'm worried about angles and right. where we're coming from, where we're going, all that stuff. So I think the the answer to your question is mostly I'm just starting to get to that part of being able to watch a performance and give, right. and give notes. live notes yeah. Yeah. instead of looking around and going, was that good? 
Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I feel like we have the same, you know, if, when we do our action stuff together, sometimes our, our choreography performance could be great, yeah. but you're like, oh, it's good. that was good for me. Was that good for you guys? So, like, I feel like it's the same way even with acting. Is like, well, I got what I needed. Right. Yeah, yeah. Did you Did do you well? <laughs> Did you act well? It, I don't there's know. A, there's a funny thing that happens when we... Well, actually, I wanted to bring this up, too, because for some people that may not know is for four years now four years now you've mm. been doing official entries to lightsaber choreography competition yes correct correct and i we've only done two together yes. but just recently i don't know if it's youtube algorithm luck or people are really watching this stuff just recently now all four have over a hundred thousand views yes and it's like it's and, freaking incredible and the comments have been coming in at an insane thank you. james, james, james is snapping in the corner <laughs> yes yes thank you he's jazzing i we I don't know why. <laughs> I don't. I guess. <laughs> I don't know why either. Um, well, so so anyway, that's cool. that's where we're coming from. Cool. Of like, I mean, this is kind of a thing that we f- fell into, essentially. Right. Of like, just kind of like doing things that we thought was cool. So, well, I mean, if we're gonna go there, I guess, it's it's a pretty funny story actually of how we met, because yeah. the reason we started working together was because I can remember very specifically because. Our major in college was interactive multimedia, and you were a minor, right? I was a major. You were a major in it? Yeah, yeah. Then how come I never saw you? I never had class with you. <laughs> I never met you ever. That's why I always thought you were a minor. I never yeah. fucking saw you before. So my focus was on video game development and game design. I went to school. I went to TCNJ for coding and for game development. I always thought you were calm. No, wasn't doing because you were just like or video no. or acting or anything. That's so funny. It was game. Design. How have we never had this conversation? <laughs> <I don't> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I saw your your action film that you presented at um, Winter Showcase night. Oh yeah. So I was like, oh shit, this guy knows what the hell he's doing. I was sitting there. I was like, oh man, we've never had anybody that could like do this stuff. So I basically got inspired by the Darth Maul short that those. German people did. German? Yes. Were they German? I don't know. I what don't they were. know. Anyway, it got crazy. And I was like, we could probably do that. Yeah. <laughs> Me being, you know, naive and five years ago. Um, but anyway, so then I saw that and I was like, great, let's collab. And yeah. then we started talking and it was like instant connection. It was, it was like, yeah. You like Star Wars? I, I like Star Wars. Wars. Oh my God. <laughs> hey, let's be friends. <laughs> you have, oh my God, you have lightsabers? <laughs> and I had like the, the, you did. the lightsabers. You made your own. I've never yeah. even done that. Yeah, that's, that was. You still have it. Oh yeah, I have yeah, it upstairs. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, uh, why are we telling this story? Just, well, just that, that's the, that's, that's the, how, that's, we, how, that's, how, we that's how we wound up working together. And, and well, cause. And doing the Star Wars stuff. Well, cause it was funny because Nara was, that was the first time that I worked with. Yeah. Lightsaber fight. Uh, in a movie, so me, me and Dan, mm-hmm. uh, who who I've known since preschool, and we've been making uh, lightsaber duels together since we were twelve mm-hmm. in his backyard, in my backyard. We would always duel. We'd always choreograph mm-hmm. and make lightsaber fights yeah. for fun, and film it on a like tri- like a on a tri- on a yeah, not even tripod because we didn't have tripods on a Sony Handycam. You just put it on a rock. Or one of those like VHS <laughs> tape recorders, yes, and yeah. you just like set it down, and uh, and just go at it. That's funny. So we did that growing up. Mm. So we did it for fun, and then like didn't do. Obviously, you don't do that in high school because you just nerds. You just don't do that in high you school. Just do yeah. that, you just don't do that in high school. You kind of you grow out of it. You know, one of most of my first like film things. You remember the flip video cameras? Yeah, yeah, I had one of those, yeah, one of those. and I used to make, I used to force my friends to like do like random crap, and like in 480p. <laughs> That's funny. I wanted to. Why, how did you get started making movies? Oh, geez, started just just forever ago. You know, I I have literally like the classic story that a bunch of people have of my dad showed me Star Wars when I was like four or five, and I was just like, oh, because um, it's cool, and um, always had a video camera from you know my parents getting me cameras and stuff. And just always loved going to the movies, watching movies, watching scenes. I, I do you remember the first movie you watched? That's a good question, dude. Or I mean, even, it probably was Star Wars. What did you watch heavily most, like as a kid? Like there must have been a movie like all the time you'd always put it. Uh, I, I have that. yes, probably. I wish I could remember. Specific- oh, uh, so me and my sister used to watch one of my favorite movies ever, The Dark Crystal, oh. Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. 
Did you ever watch it? A long time ago. That movie, I don't know how our parents let us watch it. Have you, have you watched it recently? Not recently, no. It is crazy. In what way? They, there's like this master race of like creepy looking chicken guys <laughs> <laughs> that like drain the souls of like these tiny little Muppet guys. Oh, the little... Yes. Yeah, the little slave. Yes, the little boys. slave. That's the that's the only part I remember from that movie is like there's a musical yeah, number with all the slaves. the life out of yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And he falls into a volcano. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Maybe I, I must, don't know. I we like loved it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was cool. It's it's. I always loved like weird stuff like that. You know, yeah. things you've never seen before, and. um yeah, I guess that really is a testament to like we have, why we love doing like out of the ordinary stuff and you know really thinking outside the box because it's because it's cool, it's fun, you know. It's not it's not normal. <laughs> I think I'm not normal, everyone. <laughs> I think episode five I watched over and over and over and over and over again on VHS. Ep- oh, oh, Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, I was thinking episode five. Uh... <laughs> episode five Star Wars over and episode over and over five again. Of, uh, Dora the Explorer. Dora, well. That's okay. Well, that's, I mean, episode five. If you're talking about episode five, that's when she first gets the map. But I'm not, I, I wasn't a huge fan oh. of episode, episode four. Was more... I had no idea what you were doing. I thought, I thought you were just going to let that joke fly by and, and like it deserved to be. Huge, huge Dora fan. Yeah. Yeah. First so you movie. you remember watching uh, Empire? I remember watching Empire over and over again. The, yeah. The first movie I saw in theaters mm-hmm. was Power Rangers. Dude. With Ivan Ooze. Oh, you are my Lord and Savior. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is. A, a freaking masterpiece of childhood. <laughs> yes, for me too. James is like me freaking on the corner because we just talked about this. Because I because we we started seeing a free ride the other day. Oh, oh my god, that's it yes. with the jumping out of the airplane scene. Anytime I hear that song, that's that's what I. I Hell yeah! I can't not think about that. Oh, that's so funny. As a kid, I was a huge, huge Power Rangers. Oh, same. Fan. Massive. That Power makes Rangers a lot of sense for you. Power Rangers. <laughs> Power Rangers is what is what got me into martial, martial arts. Martial arts, yeah. And also what led me, I guess, it didn't lead me into movies. That was more, I guess, Star Wars. Yeah. And then, like, Bruce Lee. And then martial mm-hmm. arts movies kind of made me, like, really love movies. But Power Rangers for me was Jeez. was really everything. for a loop there. What, the dinosaurs? White Ranger. Like, what is that? It was the White Ranger. You were the White Ranger, Ranger from? Yeah, I was the I was the Red Ranger, like, I was same thing, three years in a row. I was, yeah. the, white, well, I was the White Ranger. <laughs> three years. Yeah. Had the mask. That's great. Oh, so anyway, that's a pretty yeah, pretty good backstory I'd say for for but that was a good, that was good. What's the yeah. first movie you ever saw? Jeez, yeah. back when I was a kid, my uh, so we always had a video camera in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandpa yeah, had a camera, yeah. like a VHS camera. How he, big was it? Because I remember my old, well, my dad's used to be like one of the shoulder cams. So he had <laughs> he, he had a TV crew two. So uh, my grandpa had one that had like you actually put the VHS tape in the camera mm-hmm. and then eventually yeah, my yeah and then eventually my dad got the one that you just put the little the little vhs tape in there yeah the mini dvs the mini yep yeah so we had both of those and my dad would would film me and then eventually me and my brother almost like every week every single yeah. holiday every yeah, single event yep, yep. and then just during yeah, the day video. did he ever like pass the camera to you and be like it was more so like if you go back and look at my home movies and stuff mm. If I said I wanted to be an actor, that would make more sense. Because I was always, in, always, I loved being in front of the camera. Oh, I loved man. being on camera. I loved being in that front of the camera. That is where we are opposites. <laughs> and, and I loved entertaining uh, That's so for the camera and, and doing things for the camera. I, I always do my, my martial arts. I'd always do my karate for right. the camera and always like oh, we gotta do whatever. Oh, we got to put that footage in here. <laughs> I, have, I have everything. So, yeah. Skipping ahead. Yeah. Like what? But, like, so that's how we got started with, like, being interested in movies and stuff and, like, yeah, where yeah. we came from. But, like, what made you, like, want to choose to make movies and work, like, in the film industry? When you're going, like, to choose your career mm. and what you want to do, at what point did you figure out, like, yeah. this is what I want to do? Well, it's funny. I was always kind of a duality of music and film. And it was it was heavily music for the longest time. I've been playing drums since I was five, picked up guitar in middle school. So for a while, I thought... My sister too. Actually, we both thought we were going to go to music school and try and try and uh, become professional musicians. And then, I guess, kind of along the way, you know, I started doing this. I, I didn't even know going into college. I mean, it's funny too. I was just telling people. Um, my dad does guitar lessons. He has a lot of a lot of young kids come for lessons. Some of them are going to college. And they're like, I don't know what I want to do. 
Did you uh, take music classes at TCU? No, I didn't. No. I I just I just went and was relatively undecided, but I was like, I know I like to make music. I know I like to make videos. So I'm just going to keep doing that. And I guess what's not 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 what swayed me, but what what I wound up being interested more in was making movies because I met like-minded people mm. that, you know, had the same passion for that. Yeah, I, I guess the point I was trying to make was I, I find myself so often talking to kids going to college and they're like, I don't know what I want to do. And it's like, what, it's, what do you like doing like right now? <laughs> like, what would you rather be doing <laughs> than than being in school? Right. Just do that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know that's still not an easy answer for a lot of people, but I think that that winds up guiding a lot of people in the right direction of like, if you can find a way to make money at it, like, it's there, you know? What about you? I, I took a philosophy class at TCNJ and that mm. kind of like, I took it very seriously for some reason. It's one of those classes that's an elective and usually just, I just need to get an A. And... But for some reason, it really made me think, and I had to write an 18-page paper of like writing my own philosophy, mm. not writing about philosophers, but writing about my writing own, own philosophy. philosophy. And it came down to what I broke myself down to was that my destiny is to create content. My purpose is to is to create content, not just content, but my what purpose. A content creator. My, pur- my purpose is my to destiny is to create content. Is what I broke it down to is like this is what I love creating. I don't know, I've kind of found, almost like refound my love of movies and film and being on camera and, and wanting to do this and wanting to make movies and it all kind of just kind of converged at the same time. And then once we tried it, which is the thing you saw at the Winter Showcase, mm-hmm. that was me, all right, that was you just that was me saying, it. screw it. Yeah. I got my friends together, put them through hell. Who shot that? Me, Dan, <laughs> everybody. Everybody. Yeah. everybody took turns. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, no one... because yeah, you just do it. Nobody knew what we were doing. We just, we just wrote it. And then just organized the whole thing and put everything together and like yeah. shot it for weeks. Yeah. Like yeah. way too many days. And uh, doing that, fell in love with it. All right. So I have two things to say about that. Then we can go back into directing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this has been good, though. I, I didn't know so much of this stuff yeah. about you. That's so funny. I was hoping that this would happen. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, my first thing um, was, was kind of rolling off of all of what we just talked about, plus like, you know, talking to people about what you want to do is, is the just do it mentality right? of you have literally nothing to lose. So why not just get a bunch of people together and have fun? It could, it's probably going to fail. Everyone's first thing oh, is failure. Yes. Like if you, to. if you make an amazing film on your first try, you're freaking, you, you don't exist. Right. <laughs> it just doesn't, because it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Yeah. But that's, what's so fun about it. Um, if you, if you want to get good at something, everyone knows, just, just do it. Just do it. Find find a camera. Find a person. Yeah, you just get your friends and do it. Just fucking do it. You have to, to get your friends. Because people come to me and they're right. like, how'd you get so good? It's like, how do you think? You know the 10,000 hour rule? Right. You have to put time in to anything. Some people are faster than others. And it's, you know, partially natural ability. And it's partially practice. You know, it's, it's, it's always a combination. Do you think you have to go to film school to make movies? Or can you just make movies? <laughs> I, I think school is... A, if you use it correctly, it's a, it's a very powerful resource. I didn't learn. I feel like we didn't. I mean, we, we didn't necessarily go to film school, right? However, I did not nearly learn as much. I barely learned anything about video or making videos or making movies at school. Yeah, same. Like nothing, essentially. But and it's not that you can't it's not learn. That you can't anything. learn. However, we. I've learned a mind-blowing amount in like four years mm. just from constantly making stuff it's, it's ten thousand hours it's yeah. more the time than yeah. anything school was such a beautiful resource of equipment gear mm-hmm. and people yeah and the collaboration process and just to clarify for anyone that doesn't know i don't, I don't even know where it comes from you know the ten thousand hour rule right yeah yeah I, do. It's the, the, I mean i think it's a theoretical number yeah uh, in in my head, what what it just means is just a lot of time. <laughs> it's just a lot of time, a lot of practice. Just, yeah, that's it. It's a theoretical number that basically t- is the amount of time it takes to become a quote unquote master at something. So anyway, I just want to clear that up. Anyway, the second thing I wanted to say was, oh yes, you asked before what made me want to go into video, mm. and the one thing that really solidified it for me was I got a job right out of college working in New York. 
at a uh, post-production house. Um, I can't even remember the name of it. Oh, you're making oh, trailers. Ultra Blend. Yeah. You're doing trailers, Ultra Blend. Yeah. And um, it was really cool. I mean, it was awesome to have a job right out of college, <laughs> which is like yeah. crazy. And I got it through LinkedIn of all places. Huh. That is- but, um, you know, coming out right, you know, we just did our last film. It was like one of my favorite things we had ever made. Coming off that being so high energy and high enthusiasm about making movies. And my first job was at a, a post-production house, which is cool. And I, was, I edit stuff all the time, so I was excited to do it. And then slowly I learned, I mean, not, not only did the commute to New York start to wear on me, but slowly did I learn that I was, like, being sucked of passion. Mm. It was weird. What did they have I to had do? no... Well, I mean, I was working on cool stuff. There, one of the biggest clients was HBO. So I saw a lot of Game of Thrones stuff. I wasn't allowed to, like, touch it. Or really see it. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, but I worked on I worked on a lot of cool stuff. I was assistant editing, so I, ha- I had my okay. main editor that I worked with. It was great. I actually learned Avid there for three months, so that's a good skill to pick up. Um, regardless, I had no energy. It was the weirdest thing, and I came to realize later that it was it was emotional energy. Mm. I was like I was being starved of like creativity because I wasn't making my own stuff. And I wasn't behind the camera. I mean, because cause you could look at it this way, too. When we left college, we lost access to equipment. Right. No more cameras. No more audio unless you have your own gear, which we didn't. All your friends are now wherever everyone is. You know, half of them in New York, half in Philly. People moved to L.A. So you lost your, your connections. Not completely, but somewhat. And it's a whole new ball game. And you're trying to make money and that's never been a thing before, you right. know? Yeah. So it's like everything falls to pieces. And I was basically, like, just kind of getting depressed. Because we're creative people. And you can't shut that off. And I learned that firsthand of, like, if I don't do it, I will legitimately go insane. Yeah. I mean, it's a great... <laughs> so for better or worse, it's, like, learn, kind yeah. of our lot in life to, like, always be making stuff. And uh, I fully accept it. Yeah. I think it was one of the creativity. That was one of the reasons why I worked. I worked freelance out of college mm-hmm. for a while because I got to I yeah. got to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And for the most part, did you I have just, a camera at that point though? Yeah, I invested. You had your GH to make my own. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I I went in with Dan and we bought a camera together. Right. We split it. We invested in ourselves to like you use this to try to build either you build a business, make money off of it, make mm-hmm. money with it, and. Uh, I eventually did, and then I've been buying equipment ever since. Right, and then, you know, owning my own stuff. And how did you go from from freelance to? Well, first of all, what kind of what kind of clients were you getting freelance? So I started off doing mostly doing weddings at first. Right, that makes sense. But then I kept getting referral job jobs from my wedding boss mm-hmm. because people would come to him, his production company, but he really just specialized in weddings, and he didn't mm-hmm. do anything outside of weddings, but he knew I did. And wanted to. So he would pass them off to me mm-hmm. free of charge, um, which was great. And so I was able to work for other clients and do different kinds of jobs mm-hmm. um, just from his referrals. And that just kept going. Right. It kept going. And then I was, I was able to seek other work. And I, was, I had some clients that some of the referral jobs just became weekly jobs, mm-hmm. which was great. The company that Dan worked for that I now work for full time, mm. they hired me to do part time video oh, work. That's how that worked. So gotcha. I was working, I had maybe four steady video clients almost every week. And were you, I mean, you don't have to say, but I'm curious what the what the income was from that. What would happen because is, that, I think that's the reason a lot of people are afraid to do freelance. That That's why I don't want to do it. Some, not, not that there's no right. money in it, but that it's not well, consistent. It's not consistent. And the consistency came came in the months. So, like, some months right. I would make maybe $5,000. I mean, from weddings, you're probably... It's right. Your first summer. Depends. Yeah. Right. Depends. Like if if I had maybe this month, I'd have, like, six weddings. Mm-hmm. And then, like, that month, I'd make, like, 5000 mm-hmm. maybe $6,000 in a month. And then some months, I'd only make 2000 Right. Or 1000 So, it all evens out. So, it all... Like minimum it, wage. It eventually all evens out <laughs> to, like, minimum wage. <laughs> <laughs> but in the but in the meantime, the point is what I wanted to do that is because like no, I want to make movies, right? So I need time to do this, and that's what I would do if I wasn't editing something, or I would choose. I'm not going to edit that today. I'm going to go here to Starbucks, or I'm going to go to whatever 
cafe and I'm going to write about this movie. You love that I Starbucks. Make. I love my Starbucks. <laughs> and and so I would I would work like that. I would I would always save time for myself. I treated myself as a business, even though my stuff didn't make money. It was the most important business over everything else that right. I did. Mm-hmm. And that's how I treated it all the way up until I was able to get a full-time job. Or I was offered a job from one of my right. clients. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I've never really done... I mean, we're, we're just starting to do freelance in addition to full-time, you know? Yeah. It's different, you know? Some people, like... I knew a guy back at back at DreamWorks that mm-hmm. would, would literally go and work somewhere for three months. And it was three months or six months. And then take all the money he saved and go, like, travel for yeah. three months and like some people can can live I, like that i have a buddy that does that's that crazy yeah. i would love to do it but i just i don't have the nerve for it <laughs> i having having the nerve for freelance was i thought that was fun i mean i granted i was able to live at home so right. my expenses yeah. every month i wasn't worried about not making no, money, yeah, you know I what I mean? the same way too exactly yeah yeah, yeah working full-time is tough when you're trying to Make movies. Yeah. If you want to make movies, but you're working full-time somewhere else. But then again, you've access to equipment again if you work at a production company, you know, and they let you take stuff, so. Yeah. There's a lot of advantages and disadvantages. Speaking of uh, yeah. uh, giving advice and stuff, if you, were, if you were to teach someone a blank slate, mm-hmm. right, how to make a movie like Chris Lundy does. <laughs> what movies would you reference them to watch as homework? Oh God. To get started. Oh, what's my what's my top five like list? I'm sure that I'm sure there's there's a list of mine that exists. Okay, I think um I think Castaway. Ooh. Castaway is one of my all time favorites. And it's a really, really good example of a different kind of movie in that there's like not a lot of dialogue. And it's all, you know, one one actor and just physicality. Yeah. So it's a lot of physicality. And I think that's one thing that's real important about movies that it, a lot of people say is, like, starting to get lost of, like, there's a lot of, like, exposition and dialogue and yeah. stuff that's kind of replacing what used to be special about things. I don't necessarily agree with that 100%. But I think that movie is a prime example of what you can do without voice, you yeah. know? And and how they still have a character arc with a volleyball that's more satisfying than eighty percent of the movies that come out today. It's like yeah. hilarious, and uh, and it's, it's like no music either. It's like is it a testament to good writing or good acting? It's both. It's both. I think that was Robert Zemeckis that dir- not. I don't did he direct that or produce that guy that did um like all the uh, Back to the Future stuff. Mm. Yeah, I think I think it's a testament to everything that's really good about the medium wrapped up in one nice package. Um, so that's one of my all time favorites. I don't know what what would you say for that of of a of a film that you think has some essential characteristics of what you think of as good cinema. I would say there, there's two. I've got me thinking now. I have I have two. <laughs> What's like a yeah? Go ahead. Because I, I <laughs> one movie that I love and cherish and is not necessarily the like the most beautiful or the most like mm-hmm. technical impressive movie a knight's tale with heath ledger i've never seen it a knight's tale with heath ledger is one of my all-time favorite movies to watch mm. because it has it has everything it's got drama mm. comedy uh it'll make you laugh it'll make you sad it'll make you cry It'll it'll make you feel good in the end. It has it, it literally has every emotion. It's one of the most fun movies I can think of to watch. The acting is great. The cinematography is is good. It, I mean, there's the music is is, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, why is it? Why do you think it's so? Back when it came out, uh, it got it got. <laughs> you didn't let me finish. I know what you're getting at. What? That why is it not so well received? No. No. Oh. Let me talk, man. Sorry. <laughs> no, I just. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, um, like, why is it so personal to you? Like, what what made you think all of that? Like, uh, when did this come out? I don't, I, uh, I know nothing. Early 2000s. Early 2000s. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. It was before Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, it was getting close to, like, Heath Ledger Prime. Mm-hmm. Prime Heath. 2001. Prime Heath. I think it was before Brooklyn. Nice Prime Heath yeah. for dinner. I don't I, I mean, at the time, I loved it. What, made, what makes me love it is that I think there's a magic to it that makes the movie fun. Hmm. And I think trying to make a movie fun to watch 
not every movie is like fun to watch. <laughs> and not every movie yeah. is supposed to be fun to watch, but yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. is fun. I'm not sure why I'm so... How many times do you think you watched it? Close to 20 times. As many as... As many as... As Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> yeah. No, I've seen Empire more. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, that, that movie in the movie uh, Heat. 1995 Heat, Robert Yeah, Romero, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, that movie from a, like storytelling and technical... It's like two and a half hours long. It's, mm-hmm. That's one of the best... I think it's one of the best movies ever made. I think like that's tech bold bold claim with acting <laughs> acting cinematography directing yeah that movie I think is one of the best movies ever whereas like Night Still is like I think is the most fun enjoyable movie to watch yeah I've dude oh, I'm so surprised I've never heard of it I, I I wonder if I've seen part of it and not known it I plug that movie all the time to people because it is not like yeah. I've seen it that that's one I was trying to think of of like what's one that I that's kind of a diamond in the rough that or or one that's you know not not publicly known to a lot of people. I can't come up with right now, but but I like my answer. Yeah. I, have, <laughs> I have movies that influence me and influence the way that I want to make movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those particular movies are movies that I I cherish and put on a pedestal. Yeah, well, it's because it's so funny. It gets into psychology, right? Of things you see when you're going through those ages of like forty. I mean, not right. necessarily for for the one you mentioned, but a lot of people, you know, their their view and their you know what what their creativity winds up being the wheels start getting spun yeah. from the the first things you remember watching and stuff like that and that's that's sentiment and that's nostalgia you know doing all of that it's funny how much our psychology like even later in life drives you it's like you're trying to always chase that first impression you had what made you ogle at a, at a screen you know are you afraid of death <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome all right We'll, we'll put a pin in that. <laughs> we'll put a pin in that question, and um, we don't have any sponsors, but um, uh, yeah. Hint, hint. <laughs> uh, we're taking we'll take a water break. Okay. All right. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> Chris, what makes a good director good? <laughs> What are you drunk? <laughs> I barely heard that. <laughs> what makes a good what, director good? Yeah, what makes a good director good? Um you know what? Um actually, instead of directly answering that, mm. let's talk about that because I pulled some quotes from some articles I was reading about this because I wanted to be prepared uh-huh. to talk about this. Not only what other directors have said about directing. But that that topic of good versus bad directing, and not not that there's such a thing. But anyway, um, hang on. Let me let me see here what one of these would would be good to talk about because as we said before, you know, you're kind of on both sides of the fence of sometimes being the actor, sometimes being the director. You know, we all wear multiple hats. Right. But anyway, I was looking up some articles, and actually one of the one of the ones that you probably uh, know of because of all the masterclass ads that we all get targeted with because yes. we're in video production. All <laughs> the time. So uh, masterclass put out an article talking about some of the things Martin Scorsese um, did for their masterclass. And there were just a couple, th- I think they asked him like what people can do to become better directors or just his experience. But one of the things he was talking about, which I would be deathly afraid to do, which I'm curious your opinion on, which is a lot of people say that it's beneficial for someone who's going to be in a directorial role to, like, literally take acting classes. I have an opinion. I I know you do. I'm saying that I don't know if I would do that because yeah, I'm afraid to open myself up. So I've heard, because I watch a lot. <laughs> it's probably, I'm half joking, by the way. Half joking. I think I literally am. <laughs> Too afraid to act. Yeah. Yeah. To go it's hard, way. man. Yeah. It's hard. I can't. I can't do it. I don't have it. And I would, you know, not even want to attempt to get good at it because of just like the judgment and the, you know, it's tough mentally. It's hard to put yourself. And I, I, for me, yeah. it's like not even like I'm fine behind the camera, you know, like we've been doing good so far, but I, I get it. So anyway, yeah. what's your, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I listened to a lot of interviews from Quentin Tarantino and Tarantino started in acting. He wanted to be an actor. Oh, he really? did a lot of acting. I didn't know that. That, end up leading him to directing and mm-hmm. writing. Um, but he started as an actor, and he's acted in a lot of his movies, too. A lot of, right, right. A lot of his early movies, even Reservoir Dogs, he's, like, yep. in a lot of it. So he slowly is, like, just end up being just cameos, but he was acting 
in a lot of his movies. And, and I've heard from other directors, too, about taking an acting class. So this is one of the things that I struggle with also when directing is, is working with actors. Because I, I act, and mm. I'm an actor, and, and your movies and other movies. But I don't take acting classes. I only have once. And it was like, mm-hmm. uh, because Grace told me to. <laughs> and like, because Grace told me to. Oh, that's so funny. Um, huh. Grace helped me get a, ma- a talent manager. And I, and I end up, I end up I going. I didn't know about this. Yeah. Jeez. So I did. I went to uh, Grace's acting school, took a class. Yeah. Uh, she's like, oh, you should. Uh, so what year was that? This was 2016. Okay. So I auditioned for, uh, yeah. for Blue Bloods. Did that ever wind up is that going anywhere? I never got anything yeah. from it. That's and then eventually I did not keep up on my profiles. Obviously going to the classes because they were like an hour and a half away. Yeah. Um, so I haven't got anything in a while. Well, anyway, what do you think about that? Because you, you're, so, you're right in there. You know, you took the class. I, t- I took I a class. How, how, so One class. Right. So okay, I, so you're not as qualified. <laughs> no, I'm not. That's the thing. That's the thing that I want to get better at is because I'm not qualified. And I, and I learned this from Jackie, too. So you're because, more qualified than me. <laughs> I think if you're a director who knows the techniques that the actors are learning – you would be better able to tap in and say the right things mm-hmm. to them. Because if you understand how they operate, and because they, they operate from the technicals of the classes that they take. Right. So they, they operate from Meisner or, or yeah. Ad or whatever their, their style is. If you understand those styles, then you know how to not manipulate them, but you know how to help them get to where you want right, them to right. be. You know how to speak to them. You know what their techniques yeah. are. And you know the things to say to them that can help get a better performance rather than just say, okay, I need you to be angry now. Well, yeah, that's, that's the big debate is a lot of people taught, not, not a debate, but I think when you're first starting out, it's like one of those things that is like beginner's mistake of just like, you can't articulate what you want in better terms than more, less, right. A little bit more, (laughs) right. A little bit less. Yes. A lot of people said that about George Lucas about, uh, you know, he would always say, just like, crank it up a notch. Make you know? him sound evil. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff like that. But anyway, yeah, so it's like, it's got to help, right? Like, flush that out a little bit so you're not I was, so limited in your in your vocabulary. Right. Because that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. It's like, it's like you don't know their, it's like a, a different language. It's a psychology, too. Yeah. It's just, it's knowing how to talk to people, but then knowing how to talk to these certain types of people because mm-hmm. they're actors whether they think a certain way yeah. because of the techniques that they are taught. Um, I mean, when you direct me, I have the benefit of not knowing anything. I don't have a technique. <laughs> uh, when I am acting, it's pure instinct because I don't have a yeah. technique to pull from. I don't have any training. And that's that's back to the, you, you have a knack for it. You have undoubtedly a natural talent for that. <laughs> because you. Yeah. No, dude, I'm serious. But you know what I'm saying of yeah. like, the different levels of like, you know, you're already got, got some natural talent going for you and, and it shows so that, you know, say, say Jackie might interpret what I say through a different lens. Right. Because of just, of just where her brain's at mentally. Yes. Yeah. With like thinking about conveying emotion, that blows my mind. I can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> blows my mind. And sometimes when it's not working well, she is pulling, she gets inside of her head or, or pulls from yeah. the things that she learns and like, I don't have to do that. Yeah. Because it doesn't happen to me because... I don't know those things. I right. just it just comes from something. My brain. I don't know. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. Is one one of the more interesting experiences that I've had when we did this short lucidity uh junior year, five minutes short, where um we had a scene where we needed Grace to cry. Yeah. And we were like, Are you cool with that? And she's like, Yeah, I can do it, I can do it. And we're like, Okay, I wonder how she's gonna do it. And I, I don't know, I've never seen anyone make themselves cry before. It yeah. was it was weird to witness, but she literally like put on some tunes and yeah. like got in the zone. And all of a sudden she's like fucking crying and Ryan and I are like almost laughing out of nervousness because I like don't know how to ha- do I tell her to stop if yeah. we're cutting or do I like the, we didn't really go over the how to handle that calm her down so, or, yeah because I don't want to I don't want to lose it right you yeah, know because yeah. I'm seeing good stuff so um what was I going to say I was going to bring that back to um back to you somehow well oh yeah that's right because do you think you go through that same process as an as an actor of when we haven't done too much stuff like that together of like, of like very emotional stuff, but you know, doing what kind of, I think 
my perception of what they do of of going into their own heads a little you know conjuring up something that that is artificial but manifests itself physically there was a one point where i was it, it's something like almost like clicked and it was stop trying to pretend that i'm a character and just be me yeah. in the moment and i just pretend that whatever's happening is those things are actually you. happening to yeah. me and uh and just it's it's more about just for me trying to be as honest as possible yeah and that's even saying it's it, got to be a good thing because yeah. you know that probably makes it as raw as possible you know i don't know th- this is like not my you know not my wheelhouse so i uh, it's it's interesting to learn more about this stuff we we should get one one of them on here yeah talk more about that talk great about grace or jackie or someone yeah. Absolutely. I don't think we could fit four people. <laughs> Best we can do is three. It's three. But anyway, yeah, yeah, that's great. So uh, anyway, that's always something to think about, you know. Of like, so, so then how the how language you, of the language of acting? So how do you think, or how do you how do you work with actors, or what is your like? What do you how do you think you do working with well, actors? You know, like I said, it used to be like I had no idea how to handle something like that. I think you know through through experience of doing a lot more of the stuff, we've matured in that sense of. You know, knowing that we're all here to to accomplish something, and you know, trying to go about that in the best possible way. I still rely heavily on on actors from pre production. I mean, you know this when, yeah. when we have meetings. I'm I'm always kind of the the bigger idea person, and someone like Jackie, who's you know got all this other experience acting, uh, really is able to pull certain things out of the stories that we create into specifics. I remember she wrote. And it's what works for her, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't think everyone does that, but it helps me with, like, flushing out stories, you know? We did, she gives me ideas. When we did the alleyway thing, and you, yeah. and she was supposed to, we were talking about characters, and we were standing out on the sidewalk talking about everything, mm-hmm. and then she wrote down in her notebook, like, five pages of yeah, well, uh, notes and back. That's the thing, is like, is she's she's that kind of person that, I mean, it, it seems like, you know, she always wants to have flushed out every little moment so that she can kind of live it yes. in her head and, and get to that point in time where, where the script is. And, yeah, it's, it's, crazy, how yeah, it's she, crazy how she does that because I can't do it. <laughs> no, I just, yeah. Her and I collaborated on date night, too. Yeah. We had, we had phone calls and we were talking about... Um, the characters, because we a lot of it, we were going to improv it, but we had to know, we had to know our motivations, we had to yeah. know our wants and our needs, and she's telling me all this stuff like, oh, okay, oh, yeah, yeah. That That's the thing, is the the backstories, yeah. is that she comes up with really good backstories, and bringing it back to what, you know, how I work with people is, you know, it only helps me understand my own story better. And your own characters, and, yeah. And know what, what to tell her. Yeah. From straight up working with actors... I like to kind of just roll roll with that idea of like let them take it where they want to take it. It's it's trust in each other that the two roles, you know, of I mean, if we were on a bigger production and, and the script was like written by someone we had, you know, it might be a little more locked down. Right. But I'm flexible with everything, man. Yeah, same. If you I, and you have to be because yeah. it's like oh, it's not fun. Like and how many times do I say this too of like the last take where I say do whatever you want. Do whatever you want yeah. It's like ninety percent the one that we use <laughs> because you guys just know, like you guys can just do that. Yeah, it's it's an important thing just overall to to trust who you're working with and don't be tied to you know what your preconception of your own story is because filmmaking is collaborative and that's that you know. Yeah, I mean, so you can't be tied to anything. You can't be tied to location. You can't be tied to even the people who are who are. You thought we were going to be in it, but then couldn't make it that yeah. day. You can't be tied to, like, anything. Yeah. Because anything and everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Hell yeah. And it's our job. It's my life. But I think <laughs> on our level of directing, you know, sometimes it's super collaborative in a way where, like, there is no single director. It's like, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah like I said, only this right. last project was I truly in, like, director role. Right. And that was really fun. <laughs> so... But I think even on, on our level, the director, they're they're almost like their main responsibility. And this is what I, I've I've felt that I've done a lot of is just problem solving. Mm-hmm. You're the guy when something goes wrong, that yeah. you it's it's your job to come up with that quick solution like that. That's the other side of it. And um, and make a quick call 
cut this, do yeah. that, let's do this. Okay, that, that's good. Let's do this instead. Yeah, because... And you have to come up and do it on the fly. They're the person that makes or breaks everything, not just because, you know, they're, they're somebody with, you know, hierarchy, hierarchy. Yeah, yeah. With, with, in the top, but because they have the vision and they're, they're the one that ultimately, in the hierarchy, every, it's eventually going to get to them right. to make some big decisions. Communication is something that I am still getting better at. You know, I don't think I was very good at all when I started. I mean, even even as a normal person, I always hated like oral presentations and right. that stuff. But slowly, as I, as you gain more experience, you start to you start to you know your shit. Yeah. Um, you get comfortable talking about it, like like we are right now. You know, like. A lot of times when you're first starting out too, you're you're wearing so many hats and you're doing so many different jobs. Like there almost is no reason to communicate your vision because who you're communicating it to is no <laughs> it's one. It's all you. It's all you. You're holding the boom pole. You're yeah, behind the camera. You're behind the camera. You're directing. You're you, directing. Wrote, you wrote it. The bigger we get. The bigger we get, people, the more important it becomes. The more important it becomes, yeah. And that's what we're just, where we're just starting to get to. Right. Where, like I said, this last thing we did was the first time I ever just was directing and the stuff we're talking about doing is going gonna, is gonna to be the same way where we yeah. actually might have to do that again, which is good. I was thinking about for else for uh saber comp this year. Yeah, yeah. If uh, Andy would be the camera operator well, you know, it, and Chris would be the DP, but be, not it, behind the camera, but directing. I cool. would love to, but the funny thing with our stuff, I was thinking about this too. Cause, cause I thought the same thing of, Oh, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. The action stuff, man is tough. Yeah. Because I feel, I don't want to sound pretentious at all. Because we've practiced. we have a certain we have a certain chemistry together. Yeah, yeah, and we're really fucking good at it. Because I I've, do say so myself. Because I've done a few, several mm. uh, action things before, you know, working with you uh, as like as the cinematographer and right, stuff, right. and and it wasn't like that. Right, I was having to come up with shot lists and figure everything out because the chemistry and there's something about you and having the the guts and the balls to to try things that other people just don't do right and, and being able to interpret interpret what we're doing we just did a uh all in one take was it one, one minute yeah yeah 115 or 120 120 100, or, uh 120 minute fight scene <laughs> <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> james in the corner is like are you sure you want to do that uh yeah, yeah it, uh crossfit dude <laughs> Uh, 1917 right except all action anyway what anyway. what was your point about that uh, my point about that was that or i had to put together a fight scene right in like two hours then we only had like another however many hours to shoot the thing mm-hmm. and then we had the trust and i i knew i had the trust and you're like hey can we just do this in one take would you want to do this yeah one that, one that was really funny when you said that too because we've gotten so accustomed to just like doing longer takes anyway right so i was picturing it as like four maybe five shots but again i think that's that's because we have the experience you know of like doing that stuff doing the longer takes which why you think i was thinking about that the other day of like no one wants to edit like taken three you know right with like the fence show and like the eight different cuts what what do you think aesthetically draws you more to because you kind of started that i think yeah with like trying to do stuff in longer takes yeah, and I was just game for it, and and stuff wound up looking good, so we kept doing it. What do you think aesthetically is like? I think, well, you you go ahead. What do, what do you think? For me, it's it's about the performance and the realism of it. It's it's more interesting and impressive. Yeah, when oh, you definitely. don't cut the camera. Yeah, um, that's what Jackie Chan said. Yeah, he always used to say that. He used to, I mean, he they used to the tripod stuff all the time, and like you just don't cut. Don't cut, put camera here. Don't cut. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, I mean, he hated the American... When he made American movies, yeah. he hated the editing style. Yeah, I've, I've always heard that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, because in, in Hong Kong, they would just put the camera in the best spot to capture the action, and yeah. then you let you let the actors and performers act yeah, and do, perform. Yeah, do their freaking job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you let them do their job. And, I mean, they look impressive doing it. So, I mean, you're, you're as performers, we're trying to get to... A certain level. Yeah, that's why stuntmen make the best action movies. <laughs> right. Like John Wick. Like John Wick. Like John Wick. Um, I think it's more aesthetically impressive and, and pleasing when it's a longer take. It's more challenging to do, but it makes, it helps bring out the best performance and helps make, it's just, I don't know, I'm yeah. drawn. It's more immersive, yeah. I would say. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word for it. Yeah. 
I think the same same kind of thing of um, genuine right. is the word that comes to mind, you know, of like, it's like you're not trying to hide anything. It's interesting. I'm sure there's a lot more I'm not thinking of that goes into oh, you know, hate, the psychology of, of watching hiding, hiding stuff. My uh, second Star Wars movie that I, I made, mm-hmm. uh, Fury, I did a whole one minute fight scene with um, this brown belt in judo. And we choreographed the fight scene in one day. We did it on grass on a futon mat. And so, like, he's throwing me around. Like, he's, he's six foot four, like oh, 240 pounds at the time. <laughs> Huge. And, you know, we're doing the choreography, and he's, he's, he's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't study judo. I didn't learn judo. Right, right. So I had to learn a little bit in order to be able to fight against him and, and know how to fall. But he was throwing me around, whipping me around, slamming me down. On a this futon all, mat. Yeah, this it's all, all mats. I'm all, pre, all previs. <laughs> Concrete. On a futon. Well, no, when we did it for, when we actually went to go shoot the thing. Yeah, it was on limestone. It's on um, this. Limestone hard. It's on this. <laughs> yes. That's it, it's right? on this, uh, That was accurate. It's on this wooden studio. Like the floor is like this hard, yeah. hard wood. We had the futon there and I, and I said, no, I don't want to use it. I don't want to use it. Shoot all wide. That is to, so typical of you. I want you to shoot. <laughs> we're going to shoot this wide. No. So that was painful. <laughs> But I really wanted to do it because <laughs> well, I really wanted to uh, do, let, be... let me tell everyone about, about Mike, about Mike's philosophy. You're just relentless. <laughs> you take every freaking hit to make it look as real as possible. And right. that's pretty badass. <laughs> and uh, same, same thing with Dan. Same thing with all you guys. I think, I think all you action guys are just like freaking hardcore. <laughs> we just abuse Yeah, our... we don't need a mat. We don't need a mat. We'll heal up in two weeks, be ready to go <laughs> for the next the one. Gonna... But no, seriously, I mean, it's, it's, it's to your credit of just like getting up and, and doing it again. You know, not everyone has that for sure. Yeah, it's, it's about, because I, I hate trying to, I, we have to use a mat, we got to use it. Yeah. Um, we got to fake this punch, we got to fake it. Yeah. Like, I, I hate, like, having to trick the audience into thinking of what's happening is, is not right. real. Yeah. You know? Does being on set make you nervous? Um, it used to. I thought I was going to be nervous for this music video thing we just did. Well, yeah, I keep referencing it. I should probably explain it a little bit. This was the first bigger freelance project. Um, we worked with a, a couple people from Boston. This girl, she's 16, Allie Haber. And um, Ryan, Ryan had some connection that wound up getting us to film uh, this music video. You know, it was a little bit of a bigger deal, bigger than we've done because it's a client. And, you know, the, the, the girl's 16, mm. she's coming with her parents, she's coming with the agent, she's coming with the head of this, I don't know if he's the head, but he works at a record company. It's a lot of pressure. So, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. It's weird. And I thought I was going to feel that way, nervous and, you know, not knowing what we're doing. But we, we had a lot of prep, which was good. So there wasn't a lot of things to worry about. But, you know, it's always, things always go wrong. Yeah. And I found myself, for the first time, like, commanding a room of people. And like I talk to James all the time, but we work on a lot of a lot of stuff together, and I have a really hard time delegating, which is another thing of in, in being a director of you know having the confidence to tell people to do a certain thing and then trusting them to do that. To do it, yeah. yeah, it's the hardest thing for for me go, to let go of the camera, go. yeah, to do the light the way I want it, and you know, um, but yeah, for the for I wasn't nervous at all, and that's recent for me. Did that have to do with your process? Like, what was? Can you explain the process of like shooting a music video? This is your well, third versus shooting a short film. Like, what what was your process going yeah, into this? The process w- was pretty similar, but I think the the overarching idea that you can kind of attribute to all of this is a little bit about what we were talking about before about having the experience to back up decisions. Mm. That's really it, right there. Because I know that I want this softbox over there because I've done it before. Right. I know that we can light this way because we've done it before. And I know what works from an acting standpoint to some degree. And I was able to properly communicate to that. And, you know, thankfully, uh, she, she was wonderful. She, she knew how to perform. That's for sure. So that, that helped. But, I mean, ultimately, experience on set is experience on set. When you have the experience to back up a decision... That's confidence. Yeah, you build confidence, yeah. And boy, does it feel good. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. Like being able to, 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 to be in charge and like be confident in your decisions, it's the best feeling. 
that's, yeah. that's wonderful. So yeah, coming back to the question, I think experience is experience, right? It's kind of the same vibe as the sets we've had, just with a slight tweak of um, content. All right, Mike. What, what would you like to ask me? Welcome back. Did we leave? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> so I'm I- coughing, James. <laughs> he just starts crying. <laughs> what if I was really like that? That would be horrible. That'd be great. <laughs> Chris is very right. what, what are you going to say? On set and in the bedroom. I watched a video from, Relax, uh, film, from film Courage recently. Film Courage? Yes. Uh, website? It's a uh, YouTube channel. YouTube channel. Got it. Uh, with, a, with an interview with a director yeah. from Hollywood. And he talked about Ooh, things Hollywood. that they don't tell you about moving to L.A. One of the subjects was about how you need to be in L.A. if you want to work on that top echelon of work. And that there is a glass ceiling for folks like us who operate Probably. independently outside of L.A. So what do you think this is true? And do you aspire to move to L.A.? I mean, I don't... I... I don't think I have enough experience to really speak on that. Probably my buddy would who lives out there. His, uh, to, to his point, he was talking about how when they go to shoot movies in Texas, it's not like they hire people from Texas to go shoot the movie that they're going to make right. in Texas. Everybody they hire for the movies, they hire people from L.A. They're all buddies. Yeah, they're all buddies. <laughs> um, once you get in and work from L.A., and even, like, even guys like uh, uh, David Sandberg, who from Lights Out, mm-hmm. when he made his short film Lights Out, and he was in, I think he was in Denmark, or or he was in, not in L.A. He was in, I'm probably wrong. There's two places in the world, L.A. and not L.A. And not L.A. <laughs> so he was not L.A. It was Warner Brothers or Merrimax who was going to, um, wanted yeah. to turn his short film into a feature and asked him if he had an idea for a right. feature. Like, he had to move to L.A. Even he had a project and a thing that they wanted to make into a bigger thing. So, I, I guess, uh, two points. Yeah. Will you move to LA with me and Jackie? <laughs> and what what is your goal? Yeah, and Reese's th- company. <laughs> and what is what is your goal with Helium Turtle? Wow, those you're really digging deep. Yeah, freaking reporter over here. <laughs> <laughs> what well, you, you and Jackie got plans that we, I don't know about? Well, we want we both. I want to be. Yeah, I know you've always said in, that. In yeah. LA. and yeah. and she wants to too. Right recently been coming to trying to come to terms with like what I want to do exactly mm-hmm. I like directing movies right. making them do I just like producing them do, oh I like acting in them is that what I want to do I just want to I just want to make movies I don't even know if I care which one of those things is that I'm doing mm-hmm. because I just want to produce movies you just want to I just want to make them be in it whether I find it and through make fit. whether I find it through acting or find it through you know or, or, or choreographing, or, right. or 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 doing stunts, or whatever. I do know that I want to be in LA doing it. I want to make movies. I th- and you th- you think that because that's where the opportunity is? I think that because that's, or because I, yes, I think other that. Reasons. So the first reason I wanted to go to LA was that I want to do action choreography and action cinematography with like I follow a lot of stunt guys, right, a lot of right. places that they do previs, like where they previs John Wick. So how can I step up my action movie game if, you know, I want to work with those people? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it's just not here. It kind of brings back the idea of just if you're, I mean, I think the, I think the phrase is, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. Kind of think that mm-hmm. same thing might apply to skill in, a, in the same way of just like, you know, in order to keep pushing yourself creatively, you don't want to get comfortable. No, I hate being comfortable. It kills things. Yeah. It kills it's, like a, a motivation and a pressure for me. I like I like yeah, pressure. That's why the time sensitive stuff is always usually the best. It's the same kind of concept, I think. So I think the goal in, in pursuit of that is definitely definitely a good move. Yeah. It's interesting. What what yeah, what would be your goal for for helium or your, or your goal? I mean, helium helium started as a as a as a brand to just push to just label our content. I mean, I would like it just to continue just to be a network of people. Yeah, you know, to collaborate with, you know, essentially, mm-hmm. and keep doing what we're doing. You, you just don't know at the end right. of the day where where stuff can lead, and that's that's the that's the mentality of just like right like we said before you, you can't stop doing it or you'll go clinically insane right so you might as well put a brand on it and try and yeah. sell it to some people 
Well, I guess, would you want to go in, in the direction of, well, hey, you guys just had your first Helium Turtle gig that made money. Right. With a budget. Does that spark interest? Like, I think we're going to keep doing that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that interests me. Yeah. You get to do things you've never done before. Mm-hmm. And if you make them interesting enough, people will pay you for it. <laughs> yeah. So it's a good space to be in. I don't, I don't know how sustainable it is emotionally. You know, like, will that satisfy me in a year? Who knows? Will, you know, something like a big decision, like a move eventually be necessary? It's, it's, it's definitely possible. What are your goals? Life goals in general? Life goals? Um, life goals are tough, man. James knows this about me. I'm, I'm so go with the flow, mm-hmm. um, taking whatever opportunities present themselves. But overall, I think it's just to keep making things that I've never seen before mm. that are in my head. I have, I have a weird drive. Everyone, everyone has it. Yeah. You know, if you talk to anybody creatively, I think it boils down to some weirdly primal need to get what's in your head onto a piece of paper, onto a screen, right. onto a, a, a easel, you know? And I don't, I don't know the reason for it. I don't know if it has a purpose, you know? But um, it's a tough question when you really start to boil down to it. Well, anyway, yeah, that, that's, that's an interesting sense of that. But um, would, you, would you ever yes. want to, uh, to write, direct? God, I got to come with questions for you next time. I didn't know it was going to be like this. Yes. Why don't you answer a couple of what do you got well, written over there? This was going to be a a big one. All right. Would you ever want to write, direct, DP, or just simply produce a feature? I already do that. Basically, would you ever... A feature? A feature, ever. I mean, I don't know if I could do all of those things. Could no, you? No, no, no. If you were to think about... Because I've talked to Grace about this. Yeah. Because Grace has this master plan that we need to, we need to unite everybody. Unite the... Unite five castles of TCNJ. Yes. <laughs> to, to unite everybody because all of us the film industry. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> it's it's this grand scheme. It would be something. I'm not opposed to it. That's for sure. If we were to to unite the kingdom and make a feature, <laughs> what would you want your role to be in that? Jeez, it's tough. I, like we said, we're at that tipping point of like letting go of of cinematography to pursue the bigger picture and, and control over the bigger picture mm-hmm. if I you know if I happen to find the person that I trust the most in, in that position but I know I don't have an ex- enough experience there yet so it's like it's a tricky tricky topic at this time but I think eventually I'd like to be in, in, in the directing position yeah yeah but I'd still be watching that monitor like a hawk <laughs> <laughs> this this was a great first episode because yeah. we really dug into the heart of acting and directing. So that, that was great. That's really all the questions I wanted to ask you of just like, how do you make those, those decisions and whatnot and learning a little bit about your your background was really fun. Yeah. I don't really have any big overarching questions as far as, I guess if I had to come up with one, I would say you, you kind of already spoke to it, but if you, if you had to, continue to do something really well right now mm-hmm. would it be focused on the choreography side of things or producing because i think that's that's a lot of what you do too is producing i like yeah and and even like you know purchasing things and and organizing this and organizing that and mm-hmm. getting the people together and getting the location and, and making sure we have all the props and and the costumes and the whole production side of things I have like a weird fetish of the the logistics. Like I love coming up with the logistics of what date who sexualized who, logistics. Who sexualized logistics. I, I I I lie naked in my bed. UPS by candlelight labels. I come up with. I love coming up with like who, who we need for what day and and what we're gonna do on each day. And I love being able to be the one who made this thing happen. Mm-hmm. Like I I did all the necessary steps. Like yeah, and like accomplish something mm-hmm. yeah i don't know if i was to keep going and doing something I, I guess it it would be choreography probably it would be figuring out how i'm going to take that to the next level um well i think that's a great segue because what we want to do next is is really take it to the next level yes should we say it's, what it's what a mystery it no okay yeah i was like are we no, no no we shouldn't say it. okay okay we shouldn't we'll say it. put a pin in that yeah
Yeah, we'll talk about that later. From the record, James. Yeah, yeah James. <laughs> take, that. take that out later. Okay. Segway. Anyway, I think that's a good place to leave it, man. Honestly. Yeah. I think we covered a lot of stuff. I think we learned a lot about ourselves. We and each did. Other. I, you asked some deep freaking questions, man. I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to get to know you. <laughs> I guess so. I, I just. Well, it was good. good I'm glad. Date. Good self-discovery. Yeah, good first date. Yeah, that's great. God, that was the first date. You want to come back up to my place? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> oh yeah. That was quick. <laughs> that was quick. Is that the quickest you've ever had someone do that? Yes. I thought you were gonna say no. <laughs> no. No. You're actually pretty slow. <laughs> no, but that's great. <laughs> um, thanks everyone for listening. Um, if you want to check out more, go check out Helium Turtle Studios on YouTube as well as Mr. Michael Yadvish. Oh, yes. oh, James wants me to look right at the camera and s- say my outro. Well, guess what? I didn't have one planned, so that was all improv. You said you couldn't act. And I, yeah, it's not acting. It's confidence. Uh, beautiful. <laughs> and it's beautiful. Is that the same thing? Yes. Tune in next time. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> For more content, check out Helium Turtle Studios on YouTube, where we post our short films, video tutorials, and behind-the-scenes. Thank you.